Hey there, this is Adam Zekas with Tom Kissingbear from the IDP Read and React IDP podcast right here at DLF. Uh, say hello, Tom. It's you, you, chap, golly, good gosh. Here I am. Uh, great. Uh, anyway, um, if you're interested in getting started with IDP and Dynasty Leagues or looking for a way to dominate your IDP Leagues, then our show is for you. Isn't that right, Tom? Ah, yes, my good man, and of course I bring the coveted data and insight that can only come from a monarch-loving, tea-slurping, crumpet-muncher such as myself. Yep, very very cool, Tom, very cool. Um, Well, you can find our podcast right here in the DLF Family of Podcast feed on DynastyFootball.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Read and React. Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me saying got em, But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse who you want I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn, I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn for the feeling I earn, I'ma win it's a turn, you had a cheek before I drop you like the beat, I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed, I'm an addict, I'm a climber with the brain, I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing, I'm an addict, Russ and Rocky, other names, trade addicts five, let's go. I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. I am Rocky Petrella, and I also have a trading problem. It's your boy, Herms, and I have a trading problem. Hey, everybody, and welcome to session 249 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a member of the DLF family of podcasts, also a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, VDAP Network, if you will, and we will, and Rocky Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. The Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, Russ. Damn but, right but, they are, as, as the favorites, by the way. But as, don't buy into Jalen Hurts just yet, Rocky. No, no, no. They could replace him. If they lose, <laughs> they could they, they have the draft capital to replace him. Yeah, I mean, we can't be sure. I mean, he's yeah. not signed long term. Not yet. No, nothing. <laughs> you know, we don't know. We don't know. We know. Come on. <laughs> It's, he's not that good. He's just better he's sell him before he gets replaced. Yeah, sell him now. <laughs> don't sell him now. Please, no, don't do it. Well, I mean, you can if you're getting like QB two or three pricing. I mean, more power to you if you can. But like that—that's what he is until he gets traded because they're going to use their picks to draft a new quarterback. I, I know right. Herms is rooting for the Eagles. Russ, who are you rooting for? I don't care. It would like. That's a lie. I guess I'm going to root for the Eagles for me, Russ. Yes. I want want Rocky to be happy. I want Shane Manila. Shane Manila to be happy. But I want Hertz and Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. Like, I like enough players on the Eagles that I want to win and be happy for them that I'd go for the Eagles because KC won it like two years ago, and that's enough. Exactly. And it's interesting, too. It's going to be... Eagles versus Andy Reid. That's going to be fun, too. Oh, I kind of <laughs> didn't 
even consider that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that came up right after the Chiefs won here in Philly, Eagles versus Andy Reid, yeah. I like it. Whew. Okay, well, speaking of head coaches, we are just going to jump straight into the wonderful weirdness that is the NFL. And Sean Payton had a hand in running the Saints into draft capital and cap hell and then was just like i've done my deed here drew Brees is leaving and i don't <laughs> want to pardon anything after this gone it's and, like the and, college coach that gets the infractions and then leaves before they get the punishment yeah yeah that, that <laughs> happens a lot too that's but but he had an out because the broncos apparently couldn't get Demico Ryans away from the Texans, which I guess it makes sense because he played there in Houston. So you want to hang around, but the Broncos were just like, we will, we don't care about picks anymore. We'll trade picks our firsts away for Russell Wilson. So, Hey, Saint, you you, you want a first for Sean Payton? Mm, how about a first and a second? Then the real dynasty move happened. Throw in a third and it's a deal. <laughs> so so the Broncos sent pick 29 this year and a 24 second for Sean. It's, it sounds so weird to say a coach's name right here. For Sean Payton and a 24 third. And I kind of got to be honest. I I made the joke at some point that Payton needs to go to the Broncos because we've seen what he can do with short quarterbacks with Drew Brees for all those years. And now he has Russell Wilson, who is equally as short. I think actually he's like three quarters of an inch taller than Drew Brees. So it might not work. I don't know. But I mean, right away we have at Jerry Shea FF. What's up with Peyton? Why is he going to Denver and the AFC West? What does this mean for Russell Wilson and company? So Herms, does this change anything for you with all of these Broncos players, which had a, I don't even have a good adjective for how bad that offense was. It was, it, oh God, it, <laughs> I don't either. I'm struggling to put right? together. <laughs> yeah, the two writers here can't come up with a, uh, an adjective. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you, it was basically just uh, Broncos country, let's ride off a cliff, I guess. That's probably the way that I would describe that crudely. But, I mean, it, it can't possibly get much worse than it was and also let's remember people the last time that a notable Peyton went to Denver they won a Super Bowl so I think <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a good after <laughs> after losing in the Super Bowl to Russell Wilson so yeah full circle there it is so <laughs> you know now that we put it that way I mean you know it's gonna be pretty cool but no I mean on a more serious note I mean what Nathaniel Hackett really lacked was implementing a functional offense and also just common decision making in terms of like executing stuff so with the any clock sense of and being a leader whatsoever or or a football mind yeah so you know just minor stuff. two prerequisites for being a head coach. Yeah, pretty bad. And we know that Sean Payton can assuredly do that. So, I mean, it's going to be a night and day difference from what they just experienced. And then even before he was there, you know, like no offense to 
Vic Fangio, the defensive mind, but I don't know that he really had the acumen for head coaching either. So it's been a while since we've really seen somebody, you know, kind of fill that leadership void. And uh, I'm excited for, I've only got a couple buddies that are Broncos fans, but after how hyped we were, like, whatever time it was last year when the Russell Wilson trade got announced, (laughs) oh, they deserve they deserve this for what they had to go through. No, but not, no fan base deserves this. Not even the ones that I hate the most. That's just, that's painful stuff. <laughs> I was just going to say, I mean, I said, uh, I, I think talking about Russ uh, Wilson earlier, uh, it might've been earlier in the non-point score season, maybe towards the end of the season. I, I think maybe when Hackett got fired and we talked about that, that, uh, I mean, I I even said then I, I expect Russ to bounce back anyway. I don't think he can possibly be this bad again. And I also think we could see almost like an Urban Meyer effect with Nathaniel Hackett yeah. being removed. And and not only did they he's he removed. I mean, Sean Payton, for whatever you want to say about him, he is a great offensive coach. He, yes. I mean, he had Drew Brees, but he he he, you know, that team was great for years. He. I, I don't know who's going to be his Taysom Hill now, but uh, <laughs> what crazy gadget player he's gonna, maybe he's going to bring in Taysom Hill. I don't know, but don't, I definitely. <laughs> but I, I definitely think Russ is going to have a bounce back, and I know a lot of people are going to say sell Russ. I, I'm, and I get it, and I don't blame you if you want to sell him because there's going to be a, a, a hype bounce here uh, in his value, but. I don't mind holding him because I already thought he was he was going to I mean, I wouldn't be buying him now. I would have bought him before now, but I already thought he was going to be significantly better than last year. And this can only help. So uh, I, I would not be selling off the hype, but I get why people are going to say you should. 24 first or Russell Wilson. I would I would I would send a twenty four first for Russell Wilson. I would I don't know if I'd send a twenty three first, but I would send a twenty four and I know twenty four first. Ahead of me. Don't get ahead of me. <laughs> Let me host this show. What about you, Herms? Twenty four first or Russell Wilson? Uh at this point with some elevated optimism with Sean Payton and Tom, I'm calling that a wash. Yeah. yeah. I mean he's locked it, in there too for multiple years oh, yeah. in his contract too, so yeah, like that feels like honestly the right value, but I don't want to do it now. Like, I feel like there's zero reason to do it right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I don't have a good reason, but like, I just, I feel like it's not something I need to do, but it's probably something I will do on one team. I like having those just in case shares. I haven't had Russell Wilson on a fantasy team. I don't know why I'm trying to think. I literally don't remember. Like, uh, yeah. I don't I, know I if I've ever had him on a dynasty team. Ever? Ever. Wow. Like, hmm. I don't know. Just, yeah. I think he's a hold. I think he was a, a, I think he was a buy before this. And now I think he's a hold. Oh yeah. Because he was going for like seconds and like, yes. why not? You know, he's starting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the only news we had. Oh man. Like I jumped way too quick. Herms, why don't you let everyone know who you are, what you do, and where they could find what you do? Sorry, like I just got excited. It is, it's all good. But you know, we have a we have a fun time on this podcast, and also, you know, people who have been listening to the show long enough have heard me on here before. It's your boy Herms on Twitter at Herms NFL. Uh, my official title is not what's in my Twitter bio, but I am the Baby Shark over there at Draft Sharks. Yes, their newest uh, full time employee guy. So if you want to see the stuff that I do. Go to DraftSharks.com. we got all sorts of fun stuff over there. I've got the, uh, by the time you're hearing this, I think our first big Dynasty buy-sell-hold report 
will already be released. So if you want to see some of my thoughts on some players' dynasty values, you can go check it out on that website. Well, now, when is that going out? Like, now I feel like I need to time the release of this. <laughs> with oh, the, I mean, it probably, I want to make you look bad. I don't, probably tomorrow, if not, like, Thursday by the latest. I don't know. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to load the podcast onto the site and your and another tab i'm gonna have sharks up just refresh refresh refresh, refresh, <laughs> refresh. it's there post post it, yeah. <laughs> Russ, i'm not before, gonna do that before we move on to the other stuff since matt asked it in the chat he said roster random 23 first so no 23 first is random right now so i was gonna ask you guys what's the highest 23 first you would give up for russell wilson I would take Russell – okay, right now, not knowing where anyone is landing, I would take Russell Wilson over Levis and Richardson. Um, I would take Russ Wilson over – like you're going to get to the end of the first and we're going to start hitting those role-playing wide receivers where it's like Hyatt and like those the fast guys and stuff like that. Like I'd probably take Russell Wilson – Oh, and Frank absolutely calling me out that I forgot to write down that Kellen Moore is going to be on the Chargers. So we'll talk about that next. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think I would throw a late first if, again, it's not something I want to do now. I'll see how I feel when I'm on the board. But, like, if I'm sending the 110, I probably want something back. (laughs) You know, like I I feel like at this point, even with the hype, I shouldn't be sending a 23 first for Russell Wilson. So you wouldn't do the 110 straight up? No. I mean, it would have to be very on-the-clock kind of feel. Like, I don't, I'm don't, i not going to do it now. Maybe I'll send a 112 just for the heck of it, you know, if I need a quarterback on a team that earned the 112. Sure. I, I think the 110 is – that was actually the number I had in my mind that I would probably do is the, is the highest I would go. What, what about you, Herms? I the putting it somewhere around there does make sense. I mean, I don't know if I would do it right now, but it's 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 close. You know, I mean, I'm just not that thrilled about Russell Wilson at this point, regardless, because I feel as though at this point, like with him being smaller, and then also like with the skill set that he brought to the table for so long, his whole thing was rolling out on the bootlegs and tossing the ball. He just doesn't really do that anymore. So I'm not really, you know, I think injuries have kind of, you know, limited his mobility, which, you know, affects his rushing floor, obviously. But I also really think it connects to his ability to play quarterback. So just to kind of preface anything I would have to say about Russell Wilson, that is by far my biggest concern that hangs over all of it. So my answer for these hypotheticals is probably never going to be good because I just really don't want anything to do with him. (laughs) (laughs) That's just me. I don't know. <laughs> I, know I get it. It's worth a shot, though. I don't see why not. And I think we just—I think we need to hire Frank as our because <laughs> uh, uh, now he cough cough Frank Reich to the Panthers cough cough. I just honestly don't care about that. Um, tell me who their quarterback is, and I'll tell you how I feel about it. Um, I really liked Kellen Moore uh, for Dallas. I I feel like. They just kept getting hurt and kept losing wide receivers and offensive linemen. And I still feel like the Joneses have a hand in how much they run the ball, that it's just like 
when Kellen Moore first came over, like Zeke wasn't running the ball much. Like when he was first promoted, I guess I should say, or hired, I don't remember how he got there, but like they were like West coast offensing the hell out of that. And it was great because that's what Dak is there for. Dak is there for safe, quick passes to open guys. And that's what Kellen Moore did. And if that's the case, Justin Herbert's really, really good. (laughs) And hoping they add some wide receivers because Los Angeles wide receivers can't stay healthy either. I think that's awesome. I think the only thing I don't know how I feel about is Austin Eckler getting the same ridiculous amount of targets, which probably won't happen though. I don't know if it could happen again. Like, I, like it, he he needs all of the wide receivers to just not be alive <laughs> again <Pretty much. laughs> to, to do what he did for the past two years. And I, I cross my fingers that doesn't happen again. So any strong feelings on uh, Kellen Moore to the Chargers, either of you? I mean, I don't have strong feelings, but I, I, I saw some people acting like this is a bad thing, but I, – Kellen Moore, I mean, the Cowboys offense has been consistently good when Dak's been healthy. And, and he's had some good players to work with, but he's going to have some good players to work with in Los Angeles, too. So I don't think it's super exciting, but I think they're going to be good. And I think that uh, that Herbert, again, is another guy that I think can only be better next year. And uh, I, I think Moore's done pretty well with Dak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dak's had, you know, some issues fantasy wise since the injury but i think that is much you know a couple years back but uh, i think it has much to do with the fact that it's kind of curtailed his uh what rushing ability he had he hasn't hasn't run for touchdowns and stuff as much now but but yeah and i do think though zach when he was on here a few weeks ago and and you of course purposely avoided him russ absolutely um, yeah Uh, he pointed out that uh that uh what's the guy's name lombardi that left he he was big on on you know he come he was big for kamara he was big for Eckler in terms of receptions for both in terms of rushing touchdowns for both uh, or just total touchdowns for both. And that Kamara's it kind of tailed off with Kamara after he left. Not that Kamara has been bad, but it, it, it wasn't as extreme. So I, I kind of agree with your Eckler point as well, that, that we're going to probably see a little downtick there. Plus he's going to be what? 28, 29 anyway. So Eckler's going to be like 32. He's not that old. He absolutely is. Look it up, Russ. I, I, I guarantee you he's under 30. I'm doing it right now, and I'm not telling you if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, oh, my God. People are so young. He was born in the 90s. He's born in 95. What does that even mean? <laughs> Hi, me too. That What's up? It's 28. Hey, I yeah, said but like, we expect it out of you, Hearns. Like, <laughs> That's true. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm still honestly wrapping my head around the fact that like, when I watch professional sports that I'm just like cheering for my peers. It's it's still something. It's it's one aspect of uh, actually becoming a real adult that is just like blowing my because because when you're growing up, you're just like oh cool these yeah. mystical mythical feet adults that are. I'm cool, so happy cool that Tom stuff. Brady's still in the league. There's one the one player in the league, there's one player in sports that's still at least the same age as me. Jason Peters, <laughs> I think, is close to us also. Like yeah. he has to be at this point. But like it's really funny because we, uh, at least I grew up the same age around the. 2004 quarterbacks like I'm the same age as Ben Roethlisberger so I'm in college and a man my age won a Super Bowl and I'm just like well (laughs) that my my life ceiling is now just gone like no 
that's honestly how I feel knowing that like I'm pretty sure my birthday is only like a month apart from Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah you I'm just like sitting there watching this and I'm like, oh God, like I feel so unfulfilled by well like, most people by comparison, obviously, <laughs> you know, kind of weird to be like, you know, I'm almost twenty-eight and I don't own part of a baseball team on top of being a professional. <laughs> I remember for me, it really hit for some reason with baseball back in the late two thousands, the Phillies were really good. And that it hit me one day, like, wow, like Ryan Howard and Chase Utley are younger than I am. That's, that's bizarre. And it made me feel old. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And then you're like, it's so weird when these people are your age and you're thinking that, and then Rocky and I hit our forties and we're just calling these people kids and they're (laughs) half a foot and 20 pounds of muscle bigger than we are. And we're just like watching these people less than half our age. And we're just like, okay, no, I am super old. And like, I get, it's funny. Like I love the best part of listening to living the stream besides the amazing information is the wonderful, ridiculous questions they get. And one of the, the things they always go back and forth about is grown men wearing football jerseys with names on them. And it's just like, Oh, cool. Like, I'm sitting here with a 22-year-old's jersey like, yeah. you know, right behind me, like, walking around with that on. It's just like, oh, cool. That's kind of a little weird now that you stop and think about it. I'm just not going to think about it because I want to wear the jersey, and it's not. I want it to be weird, but it's a little weird. I'm getting to the point where I think I'm going to stop buying people's jerseys who are only now entering the league. You know what I mean? Like I think my Jersey collection is probably never going to die, but I think by the time maybe like 10 years from now, I'm just going to be like, okay, only people from the past. <laughs> this is all <laughs> 27 and older. <laughs> Cause at least at that point, like you can't fault. Like, I don't know. Like for it, like if my dad went on fanatics and bought a mean Joe green Jersey, I mean, like, I'm, you know, nobody's questioning that. Oh yeah. yeah. No. Like perfectly. So for me at some point, like, I don't know. I had the, I had the same Reebok Troy Palomalu Jersey for a long time, but then the, the logo and the chest came yeah. off. So, you know, I'll replace that someday. It's not going to be weird. It'll be fine. He was drafted into the league when I was, I think eight. So we're good. It's fine. <laughs> no sweat. <laughs> so Herms is going to be sitting there just like, Come on, Lamar, retire. Lamar, retire. Yes, Lamar Jackson, retired. Dude, why are you excited that he retired? I can buy his jersey now. <laughs> thank, thank God. There we go. <laughs> oh I, I will just throw out there, the, the only uh, – far off track, I know, but I just have to say this. <laughs> I don't even remember how the hell we got here. Me either. <laughs> the, the only player's jersey that I'm definitely going to buy, and I don't care the, that he's younger than me, is whatever team drafts Jordan Addison, because I'm throwing this out there to your audience. When you're interested in, you know, like evaluating all these rookie, you know, prospects coming into the league this year and you're thinking about who you're going to pick, remember – Jordan Addison is from the same hometown as Herms. So if you really want to root for somebody. <laughs> rooting. All right. Oh, I'm I need just a reason. And yeah. He went to high school, uh, like, down the road from where I frequently get Taco Bell. So just throwing <laughs> that out there. Uh, you know, the, the kid's a stud. You, and you may it, have been at Taco Bell at the same time as Jordan Addison. Honest, probably, dude, probably. Like, I'm pretty sure uh, my older brother purchased a, uh, a house in, like, the same neighborhood as <laughs> Where, like Jordan Addison's family, I guess. So that's its own cool thing. But just either way, when you, when you think of Jordan Addison, you think of Herms. Yeah, I'm like putting it out there. They are more or less best friends. Yeah, pretty much. You know, just more or less. 
on the same wave. We although we didn't go to the same high school. My high school was horrible for sports. <laughs> well, high school is just horrible in general. But all right, let's, let's let's rein it back in for about half a second until we go off again. Uh, what would you like to do first, Herms? Listener questions or trade addicts trades? Oh, uh, let's let's do the let's do the trades because I really like real big fish. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so trade addicts leagues, 12 team super flex PPR tight end premium 1.75 points per tight end reception with 0.05 points for return yardage. There are no TA one trades and maybe I added the points. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I totally forgot about it until right now. when I was saying this, no, I didn't do it. Okay. So the first trade we have. Okay. So here's the thing we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have nine trades. Oh boy. But the first trade, we have to go all the way down to trade addict six. So one through five. Well, to be fair, one and four both had dispersals. Actually, four, I think, is still going. Four is still going. I mean, (laughs) besides the point. Oh, if we, if this show isn't going for like six hours, I want to talk about second chance dispersals. Uh, But first, we are going to talk about Kadarius Tony and Daniel Bellinger for Dallas Goddard. I can help make the show shorter right now by giving you the simple answer of the Goddard side, 1,000%. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I like the idea of acquiring Kadarius Tony right now. Sure. Yeah. They Andy Reid is like the guy we wanted to draft Tony in the first place. Like, he knows how to use people creatively. But that's way too, like... And Bellinger was getting used until he broke his face. And then the team was just going to hell. But, like, man, like to me, that's just common. To, to, me, to me, Tony is – not that they're the same kind of player at all, but he's like the, the new Paris Campbell. He's like the myth that we want to be something, and he's not ever going to be anything. <laughs> Again, I, they're not remotely the same Paris kind of player. I just meant it took me and Zach, and me because of Zach. No, I think a lot. Of, he, he had his moments of hype. Yeah. Paris Campbell definitely. I, I was Twitter. Those yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, so I th- like. I really think the craziness for Paris Campbell only happened because, like, what was it? like literally the year or two years before it was Curtis Samuel, and it was like the same exact thing over again. But yeah, yeah neither of them. I don't think Darius Tony's ever going to be a thing. But you know what is absolutely a thing. Sleeper, trade of the week. Sleeper, trade of the week. We're going to talk about a straight addict trade, and it's sponsored by the Sleeper app. Okay. I know Russ does the dance every week. Herms, I so want to hear that you do the dance every time you listen to the pod. Because Herms was just dancing through the whole song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, okay, if you put Ska or Ska Punk on, I'm definitely going to be skanking somewhere in the corner. <laughs> like, <it's- laughs> How do you not like? <laughs> I, okay, and I I tell people this all the time. The reason I have tattoos, the reason that my nose and ears are pierced, and the reason that I just am the way I am is because I grew up playing the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games. So <laughs> like, it's, it's I, of course I am that guy. <laughs> Some of the best soundtracks, literally ever, were the Tony Hawk Skater. Like seriously, it's it's my, my taste in music. And people are like, hey, so what do you listen to? I'm just like, hey, remember the Tony Hawk soundtrack? <laughs> it's right, like, and it's everyone will be like, okay, cool, I get it. Yeah, it <laughs> like, it's it's the best shorthand if you don't want to get into it. <laughs> what do you listen to? Pro Skater. Got it. There we go. 
<laughs> but let's actually get to the sleeper trade of the week. Najee Harris for the 211, a fourth that I was too lazy to look up to see what pick it was, and a 24 second. Now, later in this show, we are going to get to a listener question of Kenny asking us, who are two players that you want to go acquire this non-point scoring season? If this is the price for Najee Harris, I might be going and getting me some Najee Harris. And this was, J. Mike sent me a 24 first, like a Najee Harris for a 24 first. And I'm like, my team is bad and I don't feel like doing that. So I'm just not going to. And then this happens and I'm just like, I almost like message J. Mike be like, bro, I have at least one 24 second. We could have done something about this. <laughs> and it just didn't happen. Um Goldfinger is good, but Superman by Goldfinger is not better than everything else. Um, good song, but not quite. Yeah. Um, by the way, that was Frank, again, our show sheet manager. Uh, <laughs> does anyone have an answer for this not being Najee Harris? Even if Najee is what he was this year, I feel like that's not a bad price. Yeah, I, mean, I was just looking at it. it. On the trade addict scoring, he, he's RB fourteen overall total points in a bad year. It was it was uh, like twenty one in terms of points per game. Yeah, but, he just played. You know, yeah. what but Josh I mean, still, used to do. <laughs> would I give up a twenty four second, a two eleven, and a fourth for a low end RB two? Yeah, I probably would a youngish RB two. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I, I think he's, I think he's definitely a buy right now. I, I don't think you're necessarily going to get him this cheap, but yeah, his, his stock is so low right now. I don't think it should be quite as low as it is. The offense is bound to improve next year. They have to eventually get offensive linemen that can play football, and and you got to figure Kenny Pickett, even if he's not like great, is probably. I don't think he's Zach Wilson bad, so he's probably going to improve in his second year. So. If the if he improves, if the line gets just a little bit better, I mean, we saw two years ago with with the washed up Ben Roethlisberger, Najee was fantastic. So uh, if I can get him for for anything close to this, like twenty five percent on top of this, I'm easily paying that. So in fifteen years, when Kenny Pickett's washed up, Najee's gonna kill it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in mind, everyone. All right, well, that is our trade of the week brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy platform in the world. Join a new dynasty league or migrate yours to their platform and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all your leagues in one place. Join millions of players today on Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform. Download the app today to get started. We knew we now, because that's English, we now move on to Trade Addicts 8, where we have a trade of Geno Smith and Tony Pollard for Calvin Ridley and a 24 first. I get (laughs) You're really at the mercy of what version of Calvin Ridley we see. You know what I mean? Like if, if he comes back and he's like even 80, 90% of himself, I mean, like you, you did good. It's not, Oh, it's a little cold in here. Hold on. Let me. There we go. There it is. Russ, for those listening, is uh, throwing on his. Raping myself in my autograph Calvin Ridley jersey that I've been too lazy to frame for four years. (laughs) But, you know, so we we, we know where you are on on that side of it. But, like, I I think the the assessment of it is really going to be 
considerably easier to do in hindsight, but just to put my personal vibe out there, I'm a little nervous about him being super good, especially if, let's say for all intents and purposes, Evan Ingram does return, does resign with the team, and we can't really put the Zay Jones, not, well, not you, you can put that genie back in the bottle. You can't put the Christian Kirk genie back in the bottle at this point. Like, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, like, we think about the target competition that Ridley had when he was, like, super effective in Atlanta, and it was just oldie moldy Julio Jones. It wasn't even, like, prime Julio Jones. So I'm a little weary about that. And then I, if Pollard was completely healthy – I would probably feel a little more definitive about this, but like, it's too soon. It's too soon. I don't know. I can't commit to a side. I can't. The wound is still fresh. We get it. We get it. You know, Rocky, why don't you go so Herms can poke himself a little bit? Uh, I kind of agree with what Herms is saying, but even if he's not, like, I get it two years out of the league pretty much and all that, but even if he's not great on the field, I think you're going to see a value bump as we get closer to the season. So even if you don't, even if you are worried about him, you can probably get more than you're paying for him right now. And I don't think you're paying a lot when you're getting a 24 first on top. Like, I don't, I don't want to give up a 24 first for either of those two pieces on the other side. Uh, I, I don't know what to think. I, I, Gino probably should be worth, I guess, some kind of first, but I'm not paying that. I, I, I do think he's going to be the quarterback in Seattle next year, but eh. You know, he kind of tailed off. I know he finishes a QB one, at least in total points. I, I think in points per game too, but yeah. he definitely tailed off at the end of the year. And it's you know, it was a nice little year, but I just I just can't buy in. I, I don't want to pay pay for one. I mean, do you really think he's going to be the Seattle quarterback for the next two to three years? I I don't. I yeah, think they even have like the first. Pick. You're, does, are you upset? Are you upset that you got one decent year out of a quarterback? I'd rather get more than one and, and well, more than two. I'd decent. rather send a 24 <laughs> first for Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what to tell you, but like, I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world as I defend the side that I did not get because, yeah, this was <laughs> me and I clearly got Calvin Ridley. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a steal, but I just, I would definitely yeah. rather have the Ridley and 24 first side myself. Uh, this was right after a dispersal and. I saw they had a need for quarterback, and I Tony Paul like it is one hundred percent take lock on my part, which is a horribly bad process. But like, I'm just not buying into Tony Pollard being a mid RB one. Yeah, and he can and, also get a value bump too, even with the injury. He's going to go somewhere, and if that somewhere looks, he's going to be the one A. And, like, we assume that will work, and it wasn't something in Dallas that was making him work. Like, running backs changing teams, a 25-ish-year-old running back who is now just breaking out. And, and he did. He did really, really well, and it had to do with him. I'm not saying it didn't. Like, I'm not saying he's bad. It just happened to be Dallas that did well for him. Like, I'm saying I'm wrong in thinking the way I'm thinking, and I know that's the case. But also, my team in TA8 was so, well, it lost in the championship, so I hated it and I'm angry at it. So what way to make me feel better than to get Calvin Ridley in a pick? That's literally what went through my head. Like, <laughs> just like I need to do something. I'm cool getting rid of Geno because I have a couple of quarterbacks. I don't know how I feel about Tony Pollard, but he has this value. Let me see if I can get a future pick because – 
all I have are fourths, <laughs> you know? So getting, getting a first made me feel good. Getting Calvin Ridley made me feel good. And I thought it was, I thought it was a fair trade. I think I had that same bias with you about Pollard myself too. I don't know how to value either of those two guys properly, actually. Geno Smith or Tony Pollard. So it's kind um, of a weird trade I for me. I did one trade of trading away Geno Smith where it was like Geno and a third for a late, like I think it was like the two ten and a 24 second. And I felt good about it. I was like, yes, this, this feels right because – Gino needs to be worth more than a 210, 211, just because he's a starting quarterback. And yeah. even with the looming Seahawks having early and multiple picks and being able to do something to maybe draft a quarterback, it's cheap enough and he did well enough that it's still worth it because we've seen Gino be one of the best backups in the league anyway. And you pay a late second for backups sometimes. That's just the way it is. So, like, I felt like that was a very good price. Now, I have uh, I have Steve, who's been on the show before, also sending me, like, thirds and Nico Collins. And I'm just like, dude, no, no. Like, I, I don't care. He's my QB, like, five. I'm, I'm not doing that. And he keep, he tries, like, every three days because he knows me well enough that sooner or later I'm going to get so annoyed. I'll just say, yes, stop sending me crap. <laughs> and, and, like, wait, why did I do that? Uh, whatever. <laughs> It's bad when people know you. <sighs> but now we move on to the onslaught that was TA9 the past couple of days. <laughs> the first trade we have is Trey Lance and the 303 for the 202 and the 24 first. I guess, Herms, let's just start out. What? Oh, yeah. How did I not do Brock Purdy in the news either? So Brock Purdy straight up towards UCL and is having surgery. So Trey Lance probably bought himself a start again for the beginning of the season by another QB getting surgery. But what are your feelings <laughs> on Trey Lance and whatever the heck his situation might be? I mean, it's going to depend on the news that we get from Brock Purdy because, you know, so I, I, I saw a lot of people latched on to the, oh, it'll be a six-month recovery, and I'm just like, well, the major caveat there was based off of what type of UCL procedure he has because I don't know how much overlap there is between – you know, the fantasy football community and baseball and stuff. But I think a lot of people, it, I don't know, like it, it's Tommy John surgery. If he ends up actually having to have the reconstructive surgery, not just the repair of the ligament. And anybody who watches baseball knows that when a dude gets Tommy John surgery, that's, that's a year. year. You're, you're just, you're, you lost that from the moment it happened for 365 well not exactly but you know what i mean like it's just that's it so i'll feel a lot better about trey lance if i know that god forbid because i mean i don't want brock purdy to be out for a year obviously like i don't i don't necessarily have a horse in this fight either way but like you know that's gonna say a lot but i think my biggest thing about trey lance is that i am just as non-committal now as i was before because we've seen takes on this man spend like span both ends of the spectrum and the pendulum has swung from, I know we really haven't seen a whole lot from him, but Oh my God, the upside all the way to, Oh, well, we haven't really seen a lot of him and who cares about the upside because now there's a random seventh round rookie in there off of a four game sample size. One of them, he didn't finish and one of them in a monsoon in Chicago. So, like, I am going to defend the 
please stop, we don't know, <laughs> as much as I did when people were hyping him up super high, as much as I am now that people are, you know, putting him down super low. Like, it's, what, like one season as a starter above the high school level, pretty much? It's like, we don't know, man. Like, I think it's worth entertaining just because of the upside, but the people out there just being like, well, we haven't seen him, so it's over. Now, being the same people who were saying, oh, well, we haven't seen it, so it's on, baby. It's I weird hill to die on for a player that we knew we'd have to wait for anyway. <laughs> that's that's my only thing. All right. Now, Rock, I know your feelings on Lance, but what about Lance at this price? Uh, well, I don't know if you remember, Russ. I, this, I bought Lance at this price. This is me. I Okay, well, the way you asked the question, I wasn't sure if you realized it was my trade. It, but it was called a transition, Rocky. I love it. It sounded like you did not know. But anyway, uh, yeah, I obviously like him at this price because I paid this price. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, my, my it's funny. I actually sent kind of a low ball offer. It was I forget exactly what it was, but it was uh, uh, funnily enough, funnily, funny enough. It was Purdy plus something for last. <laughs> um, this was before the game this week. Uh, and part of the reason you'll love this is because I was I was sure the Niners were going to lose, and I figured there'd be more doubt about whether Purdy was the starter after the Niners lost this week, and I thought he was not going to play well as an Eagles fan. So uh, I, I wanted to try and see if I could get something for him, and obviously if I think Purdy is not going to be the starter next year, I think Lance probably will be. So, and I figured worst case, Lance might end up being a starter somewhere else. Purdy wins, looks great, wins the Super Bowl. Maybe they trade Lance or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I've always liked Lance's upside. I, and I've said this a bunch of times, I feel like I don't think he has to be that good of a quarterback for him to be good for fantasy. He's going to need that to, to stay as, as the San Francisco quarterback. But for at least a year or two, I still think what, what they paid for him, he'll be the quarterback and will score fantasy points. You know, we've talked about Hertz at the beginning of the show. Hertz, Hertz was a, was a mediocre passer last year. That, that, that was the case. Uh, and we saw, you know, he was still a quarterback one. So I, and I needed a quarterback, and well, I felt like I needed a quarterback that I wanted to not pay too much for. I have, I have Hertz, I have, well, I have Purdy, I have Tannehill, and I have Brady. So I, it's possible I only had one starter next year, depending on how things go this non-point scoring season. Oh, 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 okay. So, and the best part here, I think, is that with the players that you just named. You have the three favorites, I think, to be the San Francisco 49ers quarterback. <laughs> That's true. So now you've got a, you have a clean sweep, so you win no matter what. So listeners out there, just like if you wanna if you really wanna do the smart thing, corner, the, actually, corner they, the market. They actually did factor not with the Brady part. They actually did factor in my thinking too with doing it. Like even if Lance you know, even if Lance doesn't end up the starter, I have Purdy, and uh, and maybe Lance goes somewhere else and starts, and I get two starting quarterbacks out of it. But yeah. but yeah, I, I I just think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be the starter next year. I thought that even before the game, and I think he's likely the starter for the next two years unless he's truly awful. And like you said, would you pay for a decent season? 
a 24 first for a decent season of quarterback. So I guess I would. <laughs> You're out here playing 4D chess, my dude. I'm here for that. <laughs> but the thing is, like, he's winning by accident. Like, he doesn't know the rules, but it's just working out for him. Yeah, I think oh, I'm in the same place. Like, I think that's good. I, I think that is a price that has all of that risk baked in because even coming into last season when we were still arguing that Jimmy GQ was still going to be the quarterback there, you had to pay early firsts for him because he was the QB eight, <laughs> even yeah. though there was no reason for that. So I, I, I love this. Like I, I don't think I'm going out and acquiring any Trey Lance, but if I were, this is something that would make me feel comfortable doing it. Yeah, and we always I wanted to mention too, we always say, you know, you doesn't you're not filling in a lineup in the non point scoring season. We shouldn't be worried about that. But I do think about quarterbacks in that way, like just that I only have one potential quarterback and I, I like purchasing them more earlier in the non point scoring season when 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 people aren't thinking about that as much and, and especially a guy like Lance who's who was hurt and still hasn't really rebounded that much in value. Well, yeah, because you're getting ahead of the curve because the curve for Lance, especially yeah. no less starting quarterbacks in general is we know they're going to score points. So the closer they get to scoring points, the more valuable they're going to get. So, I mean, Lance isn't healthy we, and there's a whole lot of questions. So, yeah, you go get him now. And chances are you probably will get him at the cheapest he, he is until there's news that he is on the bench or something, you know, like whatever that causes a crash. If there are, is to be one, this is probably the cheapest next to that, which I mean, hope that doesn't happen. Let me put that out there. You know, <laughs> as we always say, we don't want anyone to fail as a human being. Like we, we want this guy to succeed, but who the heck knows? Speaking of who the heck knows, I don't know why that was the transition, but I just, I wanted to move on. The next trade we have is Cole Komet, the 112 and 209 for the 106. It jumps you to the front of the line for a possible tier break in the rookie draft. So, I mean, like if, you, if you're looking to pounce up and get ahead of that curve now, then, like, kudos. I mean, honestly, because assuming super flex, because I, I think yep. these leagues are super flex. Yeah. yeah. So and I've listened to the show enough. To, I know the answer to that. Come on, Ernst. But, uh <laughs> You're on the show. There's always that little bit of pressure. It's like when you're sitting at home and playing Wheel of Fortune along. You like you get it right away. But when you're on the show, the pressure builds. You don't get it that you know, bro. I was on. I was on my high school academic team, and I'll tell you what. Like when I'm when I'm sitting there, you know, playing Jeopardy, not having to you know answer in the form of a question at home. I'm nailing it. But when you're yeah. doing whole other, you're completely correct. Oh boy, no, I'm getting sweaty thinking about that pressure. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, I mean, because like bees on. The, the two big quarterbacks, whatever the heck you want to do after that, it puts you in a pretty good range. I mean, it it it's a little aggressive maybe, but, like, I vibe with it, especially, like, because we're early in this pro- – at the time we're recording this, the Senior Bowl game hasn't even happened yet. We're only in the first day of practice. That we started getting today. all the pictures on Twitter, like, yeah. it's happening. Like, everyone's taking pictures of the field. Like, yeah, we're yeah. getting started. Yeah. So, like, better to do that now than when, you know, because it, it's something that I've really started to realize, like, now that I've 
been doing a lot more dynasty content for my job. And then also like now that I've been doing better in my dynasty leagues, I've become more of a dynasty person, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like, you know, but it's, it's better to jump out ahead of this before the picks have names attached to them, because as soon as there's a name attached, it brings a whole different level of perceived value to other people. So like whoever you're looking for at that one Oh six, like, kudos for identifying that now because you don't want to be caught with that type of situation trying to do this like a month from now so i i'm here for it if the thought process is really sound i I think it's a good point i think the top three or probably the top four um maybe the top five are all kind of locked in in people's minds with two quarterbacks uh who, who are you saying is six don't worry, keep going. I'll, I'll <laughs> I was going to say the two quarterbacks, Bijan Gibbs and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. I, I, I didn't think there was necessarily. Uh, I don't oh. think Addison is a consensus oh. top. I mean, he should be, but I don't think in the public. Like, I think a lot of people who who would listen to this show would would definitely think to rattle off those those first five more so than Addison. So. Uh, You're especially right. <laughs> with the 106 I, I i was plus i was agreeing that herms was correct that there's sort of not i don't think there's necessarily a name attached with 106 if you if you say any of the other first five picks there might be and, and it might you know that might be jameer gibbs to somebody or or uh you know bryce young to somebody depending on what the pick is but 106 i don't think there's and i would I would definitely do this because, again, going back to the Zach show, he had mentioned he at least before landing spots, he he thinks seven is the big tier break right now. So, I I mean, Cole Komet's nice, but I don't think he's ever going to be a difference making tight end. Then I could care less about the two hundred nine. So, if I can get up into that tier with those two pieces, I would do that. So, Bijan, Young, and Stroud, yes, and then. I don't know the order, so I am getting as many four, fives, and sixes as possible because Gibbs, JSN, and Addison. I want, well, more than anything, I want those two freaking wide receivers. And if I happen to get Gibbs, I'm not sad about it. So this was me trading up into the 106, and I, (laughs) for the exact reason, um, for the exact reason that, you know, that Herm said, to most likely get his boy, depending on how it falls. You know, like, I, I'm i a sucker for these wide receivers. It really what it comes down to. I am doing my best not to just draft Quentin Johnson in every single draft because he's gigantic, and that's just kind of my jam. And he did this, like, I saw two highlights of Quentin Johnson, and they were both of him just mossing the hell out of dudes in the end zone. And I'm just like, okay, I love this guy. <laughs> like, but... Yeah, so I am I am scooping up as many four, fives, and sixes as possible. I'm trying to get five of the first six picks, but it's proving to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, in TA9, I have one, two, four, and six. I didn't Ooh, want three baby. because I I don't want Stroud and Young at this point which I might before the draft happens. But like right now, I want to get those those wide receivers on my team. And, and that's my goal. And that's exactly was my thought process in this in this trade. 
And worst case, even if you don't, you know, finesse the other part of the little bit of that, you know, snack in there that you're thinking about doing, like, let's imagine a world in which the NFL validates Anthony Richardson with draft capital. I, I mean, you're in, you're in that position. <laughs> I have the 110. So if something weird does happen, or I can just grab Levis or Richardson, if I, you know, if they fall down to the end, which I think they will, like, at you know, the way... Probably. We are loving a lot of these wide receivers and running backs. And I keep going to say Michael Myers, and that's not his name. Um, <laughs> Mayor, John, not John Mayer, Michael Mayer. Uh, I'm never getting this dude's name right. That's it and is a wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he comes on the field. <laughs> yeah, um, so like, I feel like there's enough players that in certain drafts, there are going to be players we put in that top tier falling back to 10. So. I'm just excited about that. But let's move on to a very dumb trade of how I got the 110. Uh, <laughs> Tua Tungavailoa for Mac Jones and the 110. I can't remember what the original trade I got sent to try and acquire Tua off of my team. But I rejected it. I sent this. It got accepted in about 2.4 seconds. And I'm like, I should not have done that. That was not a good try. I did not get enough for Tua. This was bad. Okay, that sucks. But now that Mac Jones has a real offensive coordinator, is it nearly that dumb? I'm floating this out there now. No, I mean, I, honestly, I, I am like... And I agree. And don't worry. Like we have two people from TA nine in the chat listening and they just want to get to their trades. Um, we'll get there. <laughs> Calm down. Um, I, I agree though. Like it can't get worse for what the, <laughs> the, the offense was last year without a coordinator. So, and we forget that Bill O'Brien was good as an offensive coordinator. He was decent as a head coach. Just don't let that dude anywhere near GM's off. Like take all phones and fax machines away from him if they because i feel like bill still has a fax machine (laughs) (laughs) so but yeah so i agree but still like i i just i this was a bad trade and i got trade happy and it happened and i i've moved on but any any thoughts that would make me feel better or are you just gonna say two and nice and easy uh, that's what I would say, so I'll leave it to her. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Gotcha. Got it, got it, got it. All right, let's move on to the next trade. Travis Etienne for Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders, and the 109. I, I uh, I'm gonna Is there Gainwell here. hype from the postseason? Because he's looked really good. Mm-hmm. As, I, I did not consider that in this. Um, I... But, I I've mean, never been be ETN's biggest fan, but doing... I think this is the one I'm not. I mean, the, the ETN side. I, and me too. But if we are, like, remember your logic of I might have three starting quarterbacks out of this trade. Miles Sanders is a free agent. If you go somewhere else, you might have two starting running backs. Well, I don't know if Kenneth Gamewell you're going to call a starting running back. But yeah. he, he might get a bigger workload if they just yeah. bring in someone else as opposed to bringing either Sanders back or going out and sign like a, you know, a one a, you know, like maybe that they just bring, a, I think they'll draft a guy, a, a day one or day two guy. 
that would be baller. Um, Bijan, let's go, baby. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Bijan, but I saw recently uh, Gibbs mocked at 31, 30 or 31 or something like that. I could see that happening. Oh, man. Can you imagine? On the plus side, <laughs> it can't CEH. Like, that is not bumping him over Bijan, re- almost regardless no, of where Bijan goes. But, I mean, it would send – it would – he would be – Super valuable as an eagle, he, and gap, I think he would be great as an eagle. Yeah, the gap between them at least shrinks somewhat. Yeah. Not like a ton, but it it would it would shrink it a little bit. Yeah, is there sure any way he can strip- one or two leagues where Gibbs would go ahead of one of the quarterbacks? I was just gonna say, is there any way he gets higher than one hundred four? Then if he's drafted by the Eagles, I I still say quarterbacks, especially these two quarterbacks. But probably. there I there will so, be would be drafts when like, there were people that were putting Ceh above. Burrow and Tua, yeah, and like we can't hindsight Herbert into this conversation because he was like the one hundred and seven. But like, yes, people are going to do that. It is absolutely, and just like there are going to be startup drafts where Bijan is the one hundred and one because there are just people that do that. Yep. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next one. Here we have the one hundred and three, the one thirteen, and a twenty-four first for Daniel Jones and Ramondre Stevenson. Let me just ask you a question. Which would you prefer, the 103 or Daniel Jones and Ramondre Stevenson? Because I want the 103. I want the 103, yes. As much as Ramondre Stevenson has kind of bucked the New England Patriots running back trends of one guy not being trusted with both the rushing and receiving work, I don't know that the Belichickian, hey, your rookie deal's up, goodbye trend is necessarily going to be bucked, too. So, like, give me the 103. Without even thinking, like, I I, I text the person who did this. I'm like, did you pull a me? At, like, did you just click too many buttons or, like, forget to uncheck something? And they're like, oh, yeah. I didn't really mean to see the, send the 24 first. And I'm like, I thought you didn't mean to send your pick. What? <laughs> Like, yeah, and, and not these, neither of these players are even remotely old, but I still think this might be the best season either Daniel Jones or Ramondre Stevenson ever have fantasy wise. Um, I don't know. I could see Daniel Jones doing this again if they actually draft a wide receiver and he stays healthy. Like, I remember the very first mock draft I saw was the Giants taking Jordan Addison with their first pick. And <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> Wandale gets healthy. Bellinger keeps getting better. Saquon stays healthy. That offensive line was clicking for a bit, but if they actually get talented offensive linemen, like like that offense can be decent. And you know, he Hodgins, also has to stay with the Giants too. Yeah. Well, I I, I think he will too. I but... don't know how they sign a quarterback and Saquon Barkley at the same time, but they have to. And I kind of think they do (laughs) like, like just, you know what? Screw drafting Bijan. Just let the Eagles go and sign Saquon. I know that's not going to (laughs) happen. The Eagles almost never, other than uh, under Chip Kelly, the Eagles never sign a running back. That'd be cool though. uh, Legit running. Like he, he signed DeMarco Murray back when Chip Kelly was there. But that's not really Howie's thing. To Howie doesn't pay up for running backs. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. 
and DeMarco Murray was definitely a chip. That was like the one year Howie wasn't really in charge, I believe. And uh, <laughs> Chip Kelly was. And yeah, then they brought Howie back. Chip Kelly Super Bowls. <laughs> was so, so Going bad good. for so, so many reasons. But I legit stand by he kickstarted the trades in the NFL. So I will forever be grateful to him. Yeah, fair point. I mean, yeah, yes. Next trade, two more to go. George Pickens, the 202, 203, and 207 for Joe Mixon, Keenan Allen, and Mike Evans. So this is straight up here. I want to go win. So here's a young wide receiver and a bunch of seconds. Give me guys I know can score me points. That's really valuing George Pickens highly for me. I, yeah. Are you getting more than the 202? I, if I saw the 203 and 207 for Keenan Allen and Mike Evans right now, I would be like, well, that sucks, but yeah, I get it. No one likes Mike Evans. He's like 27. Keenan Allen is 74-ish? <laughs> Maybe only 67. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, like, you're not getting more than the 203, like the 203 and the 207 for Keenan. You might be right. Allen. I'm not Fine. selling Keenan Allen and Mike Evans for the 203 oh, no, and not, not whatsoever, but you know, clearly it happens. So if I saw Pickens and the 202 for Mixon, I don't think I shake my head at that. I have multiple issues. I get it. But even when you just narrow it down to the pickings and mixing of it all, I mean, like, they're both kind of like weird assets in the current dynasty market right now. But I would much rather bet on a young receiver with an incomplete skill set than I would even in like a win now let's go for some of these vets type situation with uh so it's a spoiler alert Joe Mixon is one of the players that I wrote about <laughs> <laughs> and he lost like he he made, yeah yeah he he made up for a lot of the lack of rushing this year by having career highs in targets and receptions which was nice but like the you know, the retooling of the offensive line in Cincinnati didn't really pay off. They got worse in, you know, I don't know how your listeners or you guys feel about PFF grading stuff or anything, but like I, I, I vibe oh, with we it. Have. Yeah. So, so, so like it got demonstratively worse after they went out and did that. And is, it was a career low in rushing yards per game since his rookie season. So like, I'm not vibing with Mixon. At, at all like the other parts of it like when, when we when we isolate this and we split the trade in half i get one side of it for those aging receivers and stuff i'm like yeah dude absolutely 100 like vibes vibe city baby but the for the pickings and the other part for the mix and i'm like ah but why'd you have to do that too because now call me natalie imbruglia because i am torn this is <laughs> just i oh god yeah, I, think- I, I want the players. I, I like I said to me. I well, Pickens is on the other side, but I, I want the older players. I that's a lot of points there, and I still think they're going to score a good amount of points next year. And I'm not as sure as some people that Pickens is 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 definitely going to be a thing. I I still think I still think Deontay Johnson's going to lead that team in targets uh, at least next year. And- if he's on the team. You think he's getting traded or cut? 
He did the whole ominous social media wiping oh, no. thing. Uh, okay, <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> he's he's had some cryptic tweets, man. I don't know. He's upset. and I I do like Pickens, but I just think this is valuing super highly because uh, yeah, those seconds aren't they're nice, but I I know those guys are old. I still don't want to move them for seconds. So uh, I I would probably need even if it's just the one twelve. I need something with a one on it to definitely to move Evans and probably to move Allen. Yeah, I don't think that's happening though. That's the- I agree, but I'm also that's why I'd just still rather have them. those players than I would be willing to give up the seconds of pickings to get all three of those players. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the picks here if only that they are more versatile trade pieces than that's old true. guys. That's literally all it is. I like those three players though. I agree with everything Herm said about Mixon. Like. Did Pirine get very good all of a sudden, or does Mixon just look that bad? Uh, and I know Kyle Lebrecht is not listening, but I know he's out there knowing that people are talking about Samaj Pirine right now. <laughs> and we want to believe that it's the 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. It's the six-year breakout for a running back that we all know happens. Of course. <laughs> but I just – I just, again – like, if it were September 15th, I would probably pick the players. But it is January 31st, so just give me the things I can do more stuff with. Last trade we have, Amari Cooper and Dalton Schultz for Elijah Moore, David Njoku, and a late third. It's a weird trade. It is a uh... weird trade, <laughs> but, like, I don't know how this isn't cooper and schultz oh yeah i'm with you um i i am just of the mind that schultz is getting resigned and it's not a question because to me schultz equals jason witten jason witten equals cowboys and i don't road. think this will happen but if he does he, that's a value bump for me like i don't think it's going to happen in the market that he's going to get a value bump but that's such a big deal to me that he stays in dallas yeah because you want schultz in dallas like yeah he is not an athletic man he just works for where he is yes and it's funny because like i mentioned it on a podcast that i did at some point last year like dalton schultz just like when you watch the game he just like looks small and then somebody pointed out to me he's like something great like six three or like what it's some like (laughs) insane height that like i just didn't believe because i'm like I mean, I get, like, if he's measured at that and that's what he is, I'm like, fine. But, like, when I want, my eyes just do not perceive him as yeah. a tall, big man. It's it's just, I don't know. He's a weird anomaly. I like him, though. But, like, this, always want to throw that out there because I'm hoping that at some point people are going to tweet at me at some point and be like, thank you, finally somebody said it. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you think Elijah Moore is going to be a thing? I, I mean, I kind of don't at this point. He, he had that good stretch his rookie year, but Gary Wilson is so good. Yeah, and they still like, need a quarterback. a quarterback that doesn't suck, you hope they can get more than one pass catcher involved? True. Look, the whole Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers thing right now is – I'm getting the impression reading between the tea leaves and whatnot that, like, this dude don't want to be in town – and it seems that the Packers, if they trade him, they're not going to trade him to an NFC team. So that already cuts the market in half. And then you have to look for teams that have enough money to do it. Like, 
I don't know why the Jets tried to do the same thing the Broncos did by being like, see, Aaron, we have Nathaniel Hackett. (laughs) But, like, I'm just – if we're going to think of a logical fit for, you know, it's if Brett Favre 2.0, let's just make the Brett Favre trade again. Let's, let's do it. Get the longtime Packers stalwart, bring him to New York. But like, <laughs> the Jets did really well this year with sort Tra- of a quarterback. Trash a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> sort of a quarterback. So like, and yeah, Aaron Rodgers is nothing like what he used to be, but so maybe that's enough. Aaron Rodgers, a good quarterback still. And, and he is better than what they've had. Oh, definitely. That, that Miles better than what they have. Zach Wilson. I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say. It. I don't understand. Even at the time, the people <laughs> were like, "This kid's really got it." You know. Yeah, and you've I listened to the show, Herms. You know, you I, know my thoughts on Zach Wilson. I know exactly why they are. <laughs> And it's the same reason we liked Sam Darnold and the same reason it was hilarious that the Jets took Zach Wilson because it's bad throw, bad throw. What the hell was he thinking? How did he make that throw? Interception. What? (laughs) But like, and all that sticks in your head is how did he make that throw? And you're just like, this guy's good. But he just threw it. No, 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 no. This guy's good. Like, but did you see the, (laughs) you know, you put those blinders on and you're just, you're watching highlights and there are some throws that are just like, wow, but like the 18 throws in between are the problem. I, I think ultimately for me, it really boils down to a similar thing I said about Calvin Ridley earlier. It's just like for certain receivers that we haven't seen produce a whole lot for a little bit, you just, it hinges on your faith in that individual. If Elijah yeah. Moore really turns out to be way closer to it, yeah, between what was it? I also recently wrote something about the Jets. It was between like week seven and week 13 of his rookie year when he was like falling out with Mike White. That dude was wide receiver three overall in PPR scoring. Like he went nuclear. Like we've seen him like do it. It's not some like theoretical, you know, like, oh, well, maybe he could, you know, like, I I don't know, man. I don't know. This trade, it's like you guys said, it's a weird trade, but like I vibe with either side of this. I'm here for it, man. Especially the Njoku part, too. He's, I was just he's an say, underrated guy. I was the just Browns say, offense. I just looked it, it up in, in TA scoring, which is 1.75 premium. Mm-hmm. They they were almost exactly the same. Njoku was 9 and Schultz was 10. And they're like 7 total points apart and a half of a point per game apart. So that's actually, in my head, when I looked at it, I'm, I'm valuing Schultz over Njoku. But, I mean, they had very similar years this past year. Yeah, especially since, you know, like, I'm not a fan of the guy at all anymore, but Deshaun Watson with a full (laughs) offseason of, you know, being able to practice with everybody and not have to wait, what was it, because he debuted in, like, week 13 or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's not going to be, like, a massive gap in time between him doing training camp, sitting, doing nothing for a while, and then being thrown back into the fire, like, the Browns offense, like, like, like you said, like on a surface level, Schultz and Joku, meh. But when you project ahead, like, what if Deshaun Watson is like 80% of what he used to be? And Joku is a very athletic guy. So, I mean, it, and tight ends often do come on late. So, I mean, it could be this time next year, and Joku's worth significantly more than Schultz if everything breaks right. 
it'll take time for people to buy into Njoku breaking out in his seventh year. But uh, I, yeah, he got the money though. We're talking That's about true. Schultz. Maybe he comes back doing whatever. But it's like this dude already got the bag. Like we know where he's at and who he's playing with. Like that. That for me, I'm like, yo, people got to get hit with that Njoku. Um, okay, so we are going to now move on to our listener questions. And the first one we ha- have is at FF Jester. Do you need someone to pick up the snark slack? This was in reference to me saying the only sad thing about having Herms on the show is we don't get Herms asking questions. And I feel like that myth has been busted. There's We don't need those questions through Twitter when Herms is on the show because Herms <laughs> is on the show. Like, that's it. That's what we need. And I've asked questions. So, <laughs> yeah, real, just real not, quick, just our, our, our show sheet aficionado, Frank. Uh, sorry, last one. And, and I don't know, don't be sorry. Give us stuff to talk about. We like, we're, we should be writing this stuff down. Mike McCarthy is, as of now, calling plays for the Cowboys next season. I feel like that's a bad thing. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> but, you know, kind of good. Oh, that's how we got sidetracked. I remember how we devolved earlier because <laughs> we were talking about Kellen Moore and then a player's name got brought up and we talked Austin about Eckler and then age yeah. and then Yeah. I thought of it halfway through saying I don't remember how we got here, but it would have been <laughs> yeah. it would have killed the buzz if I yeah. said I know. So why. the reason I'm not that concerned personally is because like for as good as Kellen Moore was with that offense, like three of the four seasons he was the offensive coordinator, they finished top ten in scoring offense. Like that part was cool. But like, you know, Friends of ours in the industry or whatever, you know, like I see, you know, like Kevin Coleman at Du Bois underscore 22, you know, big Cowboys fan, you know, like Bo McBrayer. I've seen, you know, he also a Cowboys fan, like the people who really know the Cowboys and even Casey. I mean, like she gets mad at, you know, like I would see her get mad about, you know, Kellen Moore play calling stuff like it's he has faults. You know, and that happened when Kellen Moore was in charge. So, I mean, I know that we're working off of a history with McCarthy and Green Bay to kind of judge part of this off of. But, it, like, let's not forget, you know, Cowboys fans criticize some of the decision making of Kellen Moore. So if we're really, you know, and I'm not going to question Cowboys fans who follow the team more closely than I do when it comes to that. So, I mean, you know, now they'll just be questioning the play calling of Mike McCarthy. <laughs> Don't forget, Mike McCarthy True. learned that analytics existed in his time off from coaching before he went out. <laughs> That's right. Was he the guy that said in his introductory interview that uh, he made up uh, the thing about uh, watching film the whole time he was retired when in reality he didn't do it at all? No, he the other way around. He He said that he started learning about analytics and numbers in football. Well, you know, hey, McCarthy and I are on the same timeline, so it's all good. Um, (laughs) Numbers are for nerves. This is football. Bingo. Next question, at Debbie underscore Kane. If you had to give up the kazoo, what delightful yet annoying instrument would you play? (laughs) Uh, I used to have a mouth harp. Uh, that little, that little, like now, boring, 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 so that I would, if I could get another mouth harp, that would, <laughs> that would definitely be the, the number one. My brain went right to a theremin. <laughs> Start playing the Star Trek theme by waving your hand around. <laughs> I, thought, I, don't... I thought about that because, like, you know, like Pet Sounds era, Beach Boys, weirdness, like. 
that I'm here for that vibe. One thousand percent. Theremin will be fun. I can get yeah. down with that. Well, it's really funny because uh, I went to my friend's house over the weekend and she has the movie up. She has it's a thing with a magnet and it makes the house floats because of mm-hmm. the magnets like pushing against each other and it hums. And if you're an idiot and a child like I am, and you start flicking the house, it, so I'm like, <laughs> theremin, and I start like trying to play songs, and of course it's a like, little thing, so you couldn't really do it, and I was yelled at because it was expensive and I was going to break it. But yeah, so the theremin's just clearly been on my brain lately. Okay, Shout so we got a big theremin. one. <laughs> OMG, it's J Brew. Thoughts on Hollywood Brown value moving forward. Traded the 108 for him about a week ago. DeAndre Hopkins looks like he is leaving, and he did great for Kyler as the number one wide receiver. Was going to take wide receiver at 108 anyway, and would be thrilled if he turned into Brown anyway. Good or bad move? I think it's a little early, but he's right in that you would be thrilled if whatever you took at 108 turned into Hollywood Brown. But I just don't know if you have to pay the 108 for Hollywood Brown. But I also agree with everything else he said. And I, you know, Rocky and I are big yeah. Hollywood people. So like, I, I, an idea, I think if Hopkins is, I mean, we already saw what, what uh, Hollywood can do with, without Hopkins there. And, and he was getting targeted like crazy. He was producing very well. And I agree with you though. I, I basically agree with everything you said there. Cause I, I don't think you need to pay the one Oh eight. You got the player you liked and it's, yeah. it's very sound. I don't logic. think it's super high either. I don't think anyone's selling him for a second. So you probably got to pay the 110, 111, 112. In which case you might as well yeah. pay the one away. Yeah. Ask me again when the Cardinals have a coach and a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that too. I, I got uh, I got chewed out on the uh, – we're doing our uh, Dynasty Buys and Sells series at Draft Sharks right now for the podcast slash YouTube, and I brought uh, Sell Kyler Murray to the table. Uh, got, got a lot of pushback for that, but I'm uh, I'm not vibing with it anymore. I'm not. <laughs> it, I mean, it's just because this is the lowest his price has been since getting into the league, so that makes it rough to move him, but I'm not against it. But I'm also not against buying him at this ridiculously low price. Yeah, my thing is that it's going to get lower. So if you want to get out now, come back later. You know, because like he's not going to be ready till mid-season anyway. You know yeah. what I mean? Like as far as like his non-point scoring season extends into the point scoring yeah. season <laughs> probably, like, end of October, I think they said. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little little 4D chess move on my part, but I mean yeah. <laughs> But that's besides Our 40 chess move of just flipping the table and hope the pieces land in the right place. Bingo. <laughs> he goes on to ask also, how do you view Josh Jacobs value moving forward in his different scenarios? This year proved my bias that I feel like he's a top 10 running back if given volume, but he isn't ever valued there. How does his value change if he signs back with Vegas or goes, goes and gets a bag for three years elsewhere? I don't think it changes regardless of where he is because the Raiders showed this past year with that, coaching staff that they're cool just giving him the ball whether that was them running him into the ground before they let him walk or that's what they want to do that's cool I I don't think I think it will take another year for people to believe he really is what we saw and by the time it's another year he's 25 so we're gonna start calling him old so he may never be valued as like a top six to ten running back which I think he probably is 
I mean, one I I pulled a fun stat that I tweeted out at the end of December when he came up on a draft shark show recently uh, that prior to this past season, Josh Jacobs had never had an opportunity share in his backfield larger than 70%. And he ranked first among running backs in that this past year, if I remember correctly. So like part of his biggest issue in the past was the fact that like, yeah, he got like a lot of work, but he didn't get that level of work that people were kind of clamoring for once upon a time. Mm -hmm. So even if he does move on and ends up back in a situation where he has to split just enough of an irritating amount with somebody else, we're viewing him the same way. So if he comes back to the Raiders and we know that it's going to be like, okay, they're just going to do this again for the rest of whatever contract I sign with him. Then like, yeah, cool. Like awesome. Cause like there'd be no reason for them to change the philosophy with honestly, whoever plays quarterback, I'm putting my money on Jimmy Garoppolo just because the relationships you know, with McDaniels yeah. and the familiar, all the, it, it just makes sense. But I mean, that's the range of outcomes we're talking about, which is Josh Jacobs' career range of outcomes. So, like, he's the same as he was. Yeah. In Herm's terms. I think think you both kind of said that. And I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. He's. He's if he's with Las Vegas, he's. I think they are going to use him the same way. If he's not, I think he's at worst a one A with somebody and is still going to produce. So, there you go. Yeah, uh, I, and the only thing I'll say is, and we stick to this narrative, and I don't even know if it's real, but like you're going to have to pay money to go get Josh Jacobs on your team, yeah. and if you pay that much money, you'll probably want to use him. Like yep. you just paid him that much money. I don't know if that's real anymore, especially in these days where most teams don't workhorse anymore, but I'll still say it because it sounds good. The next question we have is the one we I, I mentioned before when talking about Najee at Dynasty Beach Boy. Uh, who are your top two players that you are trying to acquire this non-point scoring season? My answer has not changed from, I think, when I first got asked this question like two, three weeks ago. It's still Devonta Smith and Brees Hall for me. I haven't been very successful. But those are the guys I, I randomly throw offers out whenever I'm bored. It's 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 a good pair to go with, man. And also to, to bring up Jordan Addison again, just because you mentioned Devontae Smith. If I hear <laughs> throughout this draft cycle, oh, he's not that tall and he barely weighs anything. Remember yeah. what we're talking about with Devonta Smith and right Hollywood. now. Who's been awesome and, and never missed a game in his career yet through two years, yeah. And, and I mean, Hollywood missed because of foot injuries, which usually happens with bigger people anyway. So like, yeah, I, I thought we got off this BMI thing. Like it's like we bring it back just to fight with ourselves. But they're but that, that people are going to do yeah. it. They get big. I don't we, I feel like collectively and we're all guilty of this sometimes. But as just the the fantasy and dynasty zeitgeist has the situational memory of squirrels yes. when it comes to certain things. And it, it, it's fine. Like, like I said, we're all guilty of it in some form or fashion or another, but at least as far as this one goes, please don't do that because Devontae's bro, dude. Oh my fuck. Also, this is one of those things. I think the last time 
I was on this show, we were kind of talking about the uh, Waddle versus Hill of it all and how that was going to shake out. Yep. And I can't remember the point that I made, but I think we eventually came to the conclusion that it's like, well, they're both really good. And the guy throwing them the ball is really good. So they're good. I think you had <laughs> just written an article debunking the whole two wide receivers can't do well. Yeah. So just oh, I Devonta Smith, man. That's that's such a good choice. I love that choice. <laughs> All right, do you have any players? Oh, uh well, if the market for Najee is what it was when we discussed it earlier, uh the Steelers yeah. fan in me and also the Najee stand in me who is currently sitting about 10, 15 feet away from a signed Najee helmet. Uh yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's one of them. And then um Jahan Dotson, I'm dying on that hill, man. Like he, I get, I get it. Okay. But I've lived in the Washington DC area my whole life. I can assure you they're never figuring out the quarterback situation, Oh yeah, no. but he was really, really good with two quarterbacks who were bad that used him in different ways. And the discrepancy between him and his counterparts within the rookie class from a value standpoint, give me that, give me that all day. Uh, so I'm going to give more than two names, but one's kind of a group. Uh, I'm usually buying quarterbacks in the offseason because of how I play quarterback. A lot of times I'm, I'm losing guys. Uh, I have a lot of Brady on my teams that may not be there next year and things like that. Uh, and some of them are guys we already talked about. I mean, I'm always looking for undervalued guys with high upside. So Kyler Murray, I actually look to buy because, because he's so cheap now, too. Yeah. And I think worst case, once he comes back, he's a QB. He's been a QB one pretty much his entire career. So worst case, he's low end QB one. And then some of the, uh, you know, more uh, Trey Lance is, is one I don't mind, but he's a uh, he's still valued pretty low. And we talked about how I bought him earlier. And then and then a the couple of the older guys, really all guys we talked about on the show except one, Russell Wilson. I would be looking to buy even. Maybe not right now, but in you know when the hype dies down a little bit from Sean Payton, maybe a, in a month or so. And then one no one's really talking about. I, I think Matthew Stafford is going to bounce back and be a lot better next year, uh, especially with McVay staying I'm there. Afraid to make. I'm I'm honestly just afraid to take the risk, but I think you're probably right. Yeah, and I was just looking at ADP is not always equal trade value, but he's QB twenty three. Okay, maybe at that price it'd be worth Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, if I could pay mid-second and go get Matt Stafford, I'm there for that. Yeah, and I think there's some people who still believe, like, he might not be back next year or something. Like, there's always rumors that he, you know, he might retire or whatever because his wife doesn't want him to play. I believe he said on his wife's podcast about a month or two ago that he was coming back, though. So, uh, so as long as his elbow's okay next year, uh, I think you're going to see a lot better... Matthew Stafford and the other one non-quarterback that I was going to say uh and we think uh we talked about him last week I think I made a trade for him uh J.K. Dobbins I I you know me and Russ both like J.K. Dobbins a lot yeah and I think he's going to be significantly better than he was this year a year removed from the injury the the pass catching upside I know might not be there but I still think we're going to see a very good running back that I still think is a little underpriced right now yep but without Greg Roman as OC, I mean, honestly, true, that could change. Yeah, it's it's now is the time. I I am so down nice. to clown with the J.K. Dobbins love. 
Um, at Andrew Hall FF, who is Herms taking in Superflex, Russ Wilson or Geno Smith? Because we have not <laughs> talked about both of them enough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, well, if you if you if you missed the things I said about Russell Wilson earlier, rewind. Be sure to come back to this part of the podcast to hear the rest of my answer. But like, I dude, I I can't with Russ, man. Like, just how he won in the past, rolling out, doing all that. I just. I mean, Sean Payton has experience designing an offensive system around a shorter quarterback that had to roll out to do certain things Work. successfully, and it worked. Watching Drew Brees <laughs> throw from his tippy toes was some of the most entertaining <laughs> crap of like his fifteen-year career. It was just amazing. Yeah, and I just i I have so many hesitations about the whole thing. I'm taking I'm taking Geno Smith just because like. Well, also, I mean, I, we we think about like what worked for the receiving core that you know Sean Payton and the Saints built. You know the types of players, the archetype of players that built like filled out that roster. The Broncos don't really have a lot of those dudes. I mean, like I question how Sutton's going to function in that type of an offense. I question how a healthy Tim Patrick. I mean, maybe he'll be okay, but like that's still a bit of an odd fit. Like the only person I'm really thrilled about right now would be Jerry Judy, which is something I I was never really a big Jerry Judy guy. I am now, but like, and I guess kind of the tight ends. But if he implements any sort of irritating rotation like he did when he was in New Orleans, then none of them matter anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's not Jimmy Graham. It's anybody, yeah. <laughs> everybody. Yeah. And if, so if the, even if the Seahawks give Geno Smith a quote unquote three or four year deal, even though it's really just a, Hey, we can one move and, on after year one or year two type yeah, thing. One and a half. <laughs> give me, give me that. I would much rather deal with that. It's much less of a headache. Uh, I just, I, I can't pick Geno Smith over Russell Wilson. I don't care. I get it. <laughs> it is, I get it. It is 100. Like, we're going back to the Tony Pollard thing. Like, this is just me being stuck in what we think of Russell Wilson and what we think of Geno Smith. But, like, yeah. But the thing about but, Russ is that I could be wrong. <laughs> I was going to say, too, the thing about both of them is this is a severe outlier season for both guys. So I, I don't think you're necessarily wrong to think – what you think about Russell Wilson and what you think about Geno Smith. I don't know that this is the new normal for both of these guys. Now I, I think Geno could definitely be worse and Russ, I think will be better. Yeah. Um, okay. And the last thing we have is at John Bosch FF, how is auction boot camp going? Uh, so John and I co run a team in Matt Price's red list too. And there's a dispersal auction going right now. And I don't know much about auctions, John has honestly been teaching me over like the past year, but like he is straight up messaging me every single thought, everything, every single thought, step, process, everything about what he is doing. And it is fascinating. It is <laughs> like I want to go through because a lot of it's on Voxer, so it's a lot of it's vo- like I want to go through this, try my best to take away like player names and turn this into like a how-to on auctions and it will sell because it is amazing and brilliant and 
so much work that I will never be able to do it by <laughs> myself. <laughs> but like even like not going in as depth as he goes, I already feel so much better at doing auctions than I ever dreamed I would be because even without knowing the details of it, it's a lot of work. <laughs> I used to collect baseball memorabilia, which means that I had to be on eBay a lot. So that's my auction experience in a nutshell. <laughs> so you know how to redline uh, people. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as far as the fantasy application goes, you're lost on Herms. No idea. <laughs> no. Clue. All right. But I, we, we've hit that ever loving hour and 40 minute mark and it is bedtime. So before we head out Herms, why don't you remind everyone who you are, what you do and where they could find what you do. If you found this in any way to be appealing, then you can find me on the Twitter machine at Herms NFL. That's where I share some of my thoughts about football stuff, uh, pictures of pizza that I eat, and any other sort of weird things that pop into my mind. And if you're interested in the content that I create, you can find that over at Draft Sharks. That's my day job. I'm very happy about it. And all of that is over at DraftSharks.com, www.DraftSharks.com. Check out the different tools and things we have on the website. Sign up for a subscription. Help put money in my pockets, please. I like eating food. I like having a home. Please. He needs please. pizza to take pictures of, so he has Twitter content, people. Yeah. And especially, well, also, I mean, phone plans are expensive. If I don't have a phone, I can't take a picture of the pizza itself. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> you, that's part of your job now. You write that off on your taxes, man. I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have. To, I'll, <laughs> there we go. There, plug that into TurboTax. See what comes out. <laughs> but on that note, we are calling it a day. Uh, Patreon.com/slash Trade Addicts Pod. You can hang out here in the chat and tell us all the things we've missed. Thank you, Frank. I know you kept saying sorry, but no, I needed it. We liked it. Thank you. Um, also, we have the group me chat, the Cool Kids Club. And we have ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com, where you can buy SFB stuff galore. Speaking of sort of SFB stuff, because every penny from that store goes to Fantasy Cares. If you head over to fantasycares.org slash donate right now, every single donation gets entered into a Super Bowl squares pool thing for your chance to win either t-shirts or a spot into Scott Fishbowl 13. So again, fantasycares.org, every donation gets you a square. So go donate and get squares and buy shirts and donate some more because donations, charity, happy feelings, bedtime. (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night, Russ. What am I saying? Thank you for listening to the Great Addict Podcast. A member of the DLS family of podcasts. And a proud member in the Dicey Addict Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty Haha and at Dynasty FF Addict. Please subscribe. Rate and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy Pan. That is the best. <laughs> See ya.